In the shadow of the most powerful city in the world, the Capital Golf Gang is on the air with instructor John Ronis from the Ronis Academy at River Creek, executive director of the Middle Atlantic PGA, John Gould, and former University of Maryland golfer, Ron Thomas. And now your host from Afternoon Drive on the Team 980 Radio in Washington, D.C., Steve Zabin. And a happy Labor Day weekend to one and all. We are here at the incredible Creighton Farms Golf Club just south of Leesburg, Virginia off of Route 15, a Jack Nicklaus signature design. This place is awesome. We got the full group here, but we got a special guest right out of the gate this morning, a polite golf clap, gentlemen, to Robert Bloomer, our new best friend. In other words, the head pro who can get us off here. Yeah, at whenever you want. Creighton right? Farms for cart fee only, right, Robert? Of course, of course. <laughs> thanks for having me. Good to uh, good to have you uh, on the show, and thank you for having us out yeah, here. Yeah, thanks for being out here. Gorgeous yeah. day. This place is mint. Mwah. Yes, it yeah, is. This, this golf course is uh, is a hidden gem. Certainly, it is. It certainly is. Built in 2006, mm-hmm. right? So built in 2006, um, ground was obviously didn't have to move too much turf here. Uh, like you said, Jack Nicklaus signature design golf course. Uh, opened up in 2007 under a Ritz-Carlton property, and then uh, 2009, the owners of the property now, Southward Development, picked it up and uh, have owned it since then. Yes. Also known, boys, as the home of Robert Griffin III and Jay Gruden. There's a couple small houses <laughs> around the golf course. Exactly. <laughs> Very small. Summer homes I more. homes can yeah. start in 20, the low 000. twos around yeah. here. One, one, to, one to five acre properties. Yeah, exactly. No, it's yeah. beautiful out here, and... Uh, it's uh, it's a golf course that first when I played it first, and I think Ghoul, you got me out here first. Right. I forget what it was only about four or five years ago that we played it, mm-hmm. so it's been, it had been open for a while. It was so immaculate. I said, "This is incredible." Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's always in really good shape. I think the biggest thing about our properties, we've held our our superintendent uh, since the dirt. hostage since oh, dirt. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, not hostage. Sometimes, 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 if, right? If necessary, right? right yeah. <laughs> Um, no, Matthew Zarnsdorf has been our superintendent here for the past 12 years. Um, he's done an amazing job, and obviously having a superintendent that can be here from the ground up just makes a property just perfect every single year. Obviously, if anything does go wrong, he knows how to fix it, right? He's, yeah. he's seen the property from dirt and to what it is now. So, um, I mean, our membership loves him. Obviously, I love him. He's a good guy, and uh, he's great to have on board here. The property out here is tucked between the first ripples of what – Mountain range would that be considered? Oh, right there. you're putting me on the spot here. I, I wish know. What I about my, about Blue Ridge, guys? maybe? Yeah. Is it, it, it's basically as you it's go more, west. More kind of Mount Weather is the first kind of kind thing of. we get to in Berryville there. Yeah, right. Mount or Weather just outside of Berryville. Yeah. There you yeah. go. As you go west, the first little ripples. This is of, kind of hogback mm-hmm. mountain right here. Yes, correct. The first little ripples of terrain as you go west from the D.C. market is kind of right inside of where you know Creighton Farms is. And the actual piece of property, uh, Robert, it, it's like a folded piece of paper in a way. So that down in the crease of it, mm-hmm. you have sort of a large, it's not, it's a lake, it is water, but it could not be disturbed. So it's got natural elements to it, as I understand. Correct, yeah. So we are Audubon certified. So what that means is we're a wildlife sanctuary for, um, for our area. So there's parts of the property that we cannot disturb touch, right. or not, dis- not touch. So when Jack was designing the property, obviously we knew we wanted to be a part of that program then. Um, and so on the right side of 18, the left side of 8, uh, pretty much the center of the property, like you said, is all yeah. going to be 
can't be touched. So, right. Yeah. But it's beautiful. And on the back nine, it climbs up into some pretty high ground mm-hmm. in there. But once you get up to 12 green, you turn around after you hopefully make par on that hole. Right. Uh, you turn Tricky ar- green. Yeah, you turn around and you, you look you look back at the mountains. It's a perfect view from there. Your, your, your explanation is very good, Dave. It's kind of a valley course. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a valley course. It's got... The outside of the course slants a little bit to the left. You got your downhills and your uphills, but the whole thing is basically around a bit of a valley. Right, and so, it's not treeless, but no. it, it it doesn't have a ton of trees. Now, was it pretty much farmland on the piece when it came? There wasn't a whole lot of tree moving. No, not a lot okay. of tree moving at all. So there was. It's, so we're sitting on nine hundred acres. Okay, um, not a lot of tree moving at all. Jack just came in, saw the topography, obviously placed holes where he could. Got it. Um, obviously, you need irrigation lakes, things like that. You have to make, but um, yeah, he just came in and uh, and was perfect, perfect foundation for a good golf yeah, course. It is yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, and uh, the the twi- the eleventh hole is a par five. It's a mm-hmm. great par five. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find par fives that can't be kickovers for just good players. And I'm not a good player. But I love the hard par five. That is a rock and yeah. roll downhill par five with downhill. A, creek, a creek fronting a very smallish and tricky green. Yeah, downhill 613 yards from all the way in the back. <laughs> um, it's funny for our, our men's club championship, we, we turn around our, cha- our tournament tees a little bit from day to day, but we do put them back there one day just to make it a Does true shot. Does anyone get home shot. from 613 downhill? No. No, okay. No. I, I, I would normally I my, assume that, but nothing shocks me anymore. Yeah, I think one, I think my assistants are able to do it because they hit a little further than I do. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I personally have never done it. Uh, those, that's a true three-shot par five. There's other par, par fives out here, like number three. That's a short par five for us. Our member tees are like 450. Right. Um, uh, obviously, that plays all the way uphill. But, um, yeah, Jack did a great job designing this. You'll see some short par fours, number two, number 14. Uh, dime greens, number 14, I think, is the smallest green on the East Coast. I mean, it's super, super small. I'm going to talk about that in a second. 12, though, after you play the big downhill par 5, mm-hmm. goes straight uphill, and then the last 100 yards is a steep straight uphill mm-hmm. with a false front. So it's one of those greens where if you put a wedge with too much you know, juice on it, yep. back down at you. Yeah, so I, I always tell any member, any guest that comes out and plays, especially in um, charitable organizational events that we do on Mondays, if uh, they can t- lay off the tee a little bit or lay off the green a little bit and hit hit a hybrid off the tee and have a longer iron, say it, seven, eight iron into the green, right. obviously take the spin off so it doesn't suck back off. Um, three years ago, we did a little rehab to that green so it's not as severe anymore. We expanded the back left portion in the Rehab. Front. Yeah, a little rehab. <laughs> sent, um, sent the green to rehab. <laughs> hey, the, green, you're drunk. Time yeah, to go to rehab. Right. Exactly. I think, uh, I think it was getting a little too outrageous with the speeds of the greens and coming back off so yeah yeah i can imagine that and then 14 you mentioned as the smallest green you think on the east coast pretty many, i'm pretty how many, sure how yeah. many square feet is it uh oh goodness you put it in a spot here it's about 2600 square feet it's super super tiny it's tiny yeah. yeah it's 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 really small it's uh, a little bit of an tiny. uphill uh, approach shot yeah, too. uphill approach shot it's it sits more of as, as a draw lies so the green kind of goes from right to left a uh, big bunker complex on the Front left, and then you're going to have uh, another dime bunker uh, right by, right behind the center back portion of the green. Runs off to the right, false front on the on, on the front of the green. So it's it's difficult. Tricky. From that. You you walk up there it, and you think it's an easy hole, and you walk away with a par or bogey and go, how did that happen? Because yeah. the length of the hole ranges from what to what. It goes about uh, 350 all the way back to the member tees. You can push out to about 270. Right. So yeah. it's yeah. like a 300. So you think I'm going to yep. go drive this green? You know, yeah. come on, man. 
and the and then you get up to the green first time you play you're like this is it this is all the green is yeah you can hit a good you can hit a good drive and be a little left of the pin and have a 50 yard bunker shot yeah I mean, Ronus, I don't think anybody wants that Ronus, I'm a little torn on the concept of a tiny green it's like tiny house nation on HGTV <laughs> at what point do you say this is too tiny I don't know. I mean, it, it, I can't get off the tee anyway, Dave. So the tiny green for me helps yeah. because it makes, every, it makes everyone strong. Yeah, it comes back. So my short game's good. I can't hit a driver to save my life. Bring the field. You know back. what? The problem with I grew up in Massachusetts on some really nice uh, municipal golf courses. The greens were all huge because sorry because um, uh, you had massive amounts of play and then you could have a million a different pin, pin placements. Right, yeah. So anytime I see a private course with small greens, not, it's just one, but, uh, a lot of small greens, you I'm think like, how uh, do you maintain them? Yeah. How yeah. many, how many pin placements do we have here? What's going to be the wear and tear? Not like I'm buying these golf courses, right. but or maintaining that's how it. I feel. Yeah. But you know what, yeah. Robert, that the was one my, is great. That was yeah. my first thought was, this is really cool. Oh my God. How are they going to keep it alive? Yeah, I mean, we so um, we do thirteen thousand rounds a year. So, and we have a very small membership. That's that's what. Are you, what, what are you laughing at, Ronis? It's a luxury. What's, it's a nice. What is your What is your River it's, Creek number? It's what. Uh, what are you at? Oh, thirteen thousand a month. One, yeah, 1. exactly. 2 million. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's one of the things that, and and I, I see where you're getting at. That thirteen thousand, you can maintain yeah. that, but. One of the things that I wanted to ask you is tell us a little bit about the management company mm-hmm. that, that you deal with because one thing that Creighton has done is they haven't really gone on the side of, you know, things are a little bit tough right now. We're going to have to have zero initiation fee and, and bring guys in just to get that yeah, flow. When, when it's you a do, small when membership. When you do that, let me know, Robert. I <laughs> yeah. probably am in. First it's, phone calls, right? Yeah. Yes. But tell us how that philosophy. No, good question. Yeah, so our, um, David Southworth, uh, Joe Deitch, and all the management uh, principals for Southworth Development, um, I've grown to know over the last 10 years, and they've become family to me. Um, they, they've done a really good job with this property. Um, they have a couple of the properties in the United States. They have two. Uh, north and, and Massachusetts, one Abaco Club, which I was there for yeah. for uh, about two years. Um, gorgeous spot in Bahamas, and then they have one over in uh, Micronish Dunes in Scotland. So Ooh. they they're a very small Ooh. niche uh, property management company, and what they've been able to do here is provide um, provide high end amenities to you know everyone out on the on the west side of DC at uh, at a very reasonable price, right? Um, and keeping such a small membership uh, allows them to to get in. I say the right people, right, to come in and play the property, and 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 you know I think that's what helps our membership director be able to sell memberships at whatever the price is, mm-hmm. um, is because we have a small membership, and yeah. you're not going to another place and you know having to wait around to have a tea time for two hours. Right. You most most of the time can come out here and. And play within 20 minutes of showing up. So that's that's been a good yeah. thing. Yeah, thirteen thousand rounds, Abe, is is about half of what a um, fairly busy, not not busy, busy, but a fairly busy high end private club mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is about twenty six thousand rounds of golf. What, what yeah, course? So- what course in the country, John Gould, does the most rounds per year? What's Pebble? You guys, does does the NGF National Golf Foundation keep a tally of that? Uh, do, they, do they award a prize? Congratulations. No, they, they don't. I mean, I, there are. I know more about the the courses that have less rounds than thirteen thousand. <laughs> yeah. But there, are, I, I bet you the probably hundred thousand. 
I wasn't going to say that much. Not quite. 50 to 60, some of those. You know, a yeah. single 18-hole course. Correct. So, yeah. In a warm climate. S- single 18 is yeah. different. I was talking to Greg Scott, the Army-Navy, and he, uh, obviously, that's 54 holes, and they yep. did 50,000 rounds already sure. this year. Wow. Yep. Right? So they're so We did 32,000 at Woodmont on two golf courses. Okay. That's not so, very much. Yeah. That's a reasonable amount. Yeah. Someone should go for the perfect year in which literally as many hours of daylight as you have divided by four rounds per 12 minutes or whatever mm-hmm. the space is, mm-hmm. that's your perfect game. Oh, I think yeah. I think some of our local Leesburg courses right now are going for that. This year. Yeah, <laughs> I'm witnessing that. If, they need to. Weather I'm witnessing when I drive in and drive home at night. How great it would be? Every hole's covered. How great of a golf course actually filled every time yeah. for every daylight hour for every day of a single year? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the super Someone's got to do it. Superintendent would be back drinking heavily. Superintendent would be drinking during the day. Yeah. Be like, Superintendent you, one me? would be face down in the creek. <laughs> right. Superintendent two would be hanging from an oak tree. That's Superintendent right. three would be running down the road naked yeah. saying, uh-huh. get me out of here. <laughs> They'll need triple the budget for that, too. To keep oh, out my God. Oh, well, look, uh, I don't know if you're pitching for members or not, or if you want people to come out, or if you know somebody to come out and play as a guest, I highly recommend yeah, it. This certainly. place is incredible. And, certainly. Uh, please, please come see us. Always uh, give us a call. Our membership director, Larry Spielberg, is a great guy. Uh, come on out. He'll he'll uh, play around with you and um, have you some lunch and dinner and, yeah. and uh, hopefully join us. The, ra- the, ra- the range in the practice green out here is incredible. That's, and – you're building something. You're yeah, building, there's yeah, a special. Like my favorite thing a, when I see that stuff going on. There's a special up. little building yeah. going on the south end of the practice facility. How that. many bays? Uh, three bays, two technology bays with full track men, one simulator in there over the wintertime. Nice. Uh, small little other hitting bay to get out of the weather, whether it's sunny, rainy, whatever you want to do. Great. Uh, 25-foot uh, foot putting lab in there. Um, full club repair system, all that kind of stuff. So wow. it's Bravo. Yeah, it's, yep. Bravo. Membership's right. been uh been looking forward to that. I know I've been looking forward to that for a while and uh, it's it's good to see that You'll going enjoy on. It. So it's well certainly worth it. yep. Robert Bloomer, head professional here, head PGA professional at the club at Creighton Farms, Jack Nicholas signature design. We are here, Capital Golf Gang. It is a Labor Day weekend. Thank you for joining us on your Sunday morning. Ron Thomas has just toweled off from his exhaustive range (laughs) session. He'll join us next, and we'll play a quick nine right here on the Capital Golf Gang. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who have to come up with creative excuses to their wives for those grass stains on their pants. You are listening to The Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who all carry a perfect club, an alien wedge, a double-sided chipper, and a 20-foot ball retriever. All right, we are back. The gang is all here. Ron Thomas, look at you. You look really, really sweaty and moist. Welcome to early September in the DMV. Did you figure anything out on the range? I did. I've been working hard. What I figured out is every time we have these on-site off-site or out-of-studio places, I get here extra early and play dumb and be like, well, geez, I'm here early. Maybe I should hit some balls. <laughs> <Play> Do <dumb>. you <laughs> mind if I hit a couple river balls? Bed, yeah, river I noticed he has the Riverbend logoed shirt yeah. on today, too. Yeah. So what were you working on with your swing? Uh, that's a good question. I, um, I always start out with some chipping to get my hands and my wrists loose, but I'm working on trying to get a better posture. All right, I'm already taller bored. Let's ball. move on. <laughs> All right, jo- T- taller I, I, to the ball. I love setting people up for that. It's like asking, how's your fantasy team? Yeah. And then they start, and then you go, okay, I'm bored already. Well, that's a dick move. But it that's is a right. dick move, but that's what I am. I'm a Richard. <laughs> what can you say? 
This will be Ronnie on the radio. Ronnie and I were so geeking it out earlier. That has now videos. Given, that has now given me a little extra time to edit that one out. That's all right. <laughs> This is what being a golfer is all about. This is come on, dap it up. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> all right, boys, we're gonna play a quick nine here. Before we do, though, I gotta say, this place was the site of one of my most amazing golf experiences, memories, just lucky chances in life. I'm I got bored. to meet. <laughs> you got me. You got me. Everyone's bored right now. Uh, I got to meet the great Jack. Nicholas in yep. person out here when he held his charity outing, yep. which I'm not sure if he still does yep. that. Okay, every yeah, year he still, still do does it. it. And um, and I I was because we were doing it as part of the radio station. Jack came on with me and Andy Poland. Even Andy, who's not a big golf fan, loved it because yeah. he knew the stature of Nicholas. And this was yep. about five years ago, 2015, I'm guessing. And it was right when Nicholas had not yet come out of his post-playing hibernation. He was a bit of a reclusive media figure. You didn't see him much other than the week of the memorial. And he's now embraced all the social media now and everything else. That's great, by the way. I love it. So to get to interview Nicholas was great, and we were just talking about stuff, and uh, Andy loved it, I loved it. Then I got to sit up on a little stage with him as he recounted his classic moments from golf, including, of course, the six iron at number 16. 16. So a six iron he hit or a five iron to was not, two feet? It wasn't a five iron. Six iron. One okay. to seven. Okay. But it was like he bends to pick up the tee, and he's like, it's it's there. Son says, be good or be enough. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Very lucky. All right. What? Uh, just as a question, what's your most cherished? Who have you met in golf that is like your number one, like I met so-and-so, and who do you still wish you could meet that's alive? Think about that for a second. In, in golf, in related? golf, because I mean, I can't beat meeting Jack freaking. Nichols. No, no, that's one of the things that I, I've never. Unless it's Tiger, I, I've seen Tiger up in person, and it's a, it's kind of a special thing. And I've, I've never seen Jack Nicholas in person. Who is, I would like to. Who is the who is the most your prized meet and greet in golf ever? Well, re, not golf related to golf is playing with Michael Jordan. Okay, that, but that's I, a golf related, it. and that's obviously a big okay. person. That's pretty good, right there, yeah. Ronnie. What about you? You meet well, lots I've, of people. Yeah, I've talked about it on the show before. I caddied in the 90, 1994 U.S. Senior Open at Pinehurst for my pro, uh, longtime pro that I grew up at his course, and his name was Mickey Powell, and we were, we played practice rounds with Nicholas, with Nicholas Palmer and Trevino the first Ooh, day. My goodness, <laughs> all three of them. Yep, collect yeah. them all. Yeah. Sec- through, second through, day, through. second day, Nicholas. Ioki and Larry Gilbert. Ooh, wow. nice. All right, uh, Ghoul, what about you? Yeah, through the PGA, I've had a chance to meet all those guys. So, Jack, I met, uh, I got to shake hands with and talk to for a few minutes last year at our annual meeting. Uh, Lee Trevino, when he got inducted to our Hall of Fame, Arnold Palmer uh, before that. Tiger Woods, when I was uh, working uh, NBC Sports for the U.S. Open uh, when he was there at Congressional. So, I've had a chance to meet all those guys. Phil Mickelson you know at the practice round uh, at, um, what was uh, the one in uh, up in New York? Just. Uh, I'm forgetting which course it was, but he was playing a practice round at Liberty National. Oakmart or Wingfoot, yeah. Wingfoot, somewhere yeah. else. He was playing a practice round at Liberty National, and I happened to be there because our PGA president uh, was the head pro there at the time, and so I got a chance to meet him as well. You know, interestingly enough, too, it's it's meeting it's meeting a lot of these guys uh, also post kind of career, right? Some of yep. the older guys, and one of the things I notice is is when Curtis Strange was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and I had a, I went to that one. I had a couple yep. kids who were getting inducted in. Boy, 
how gracious. You know, the guy Curtis Strange, the tough, tough guy on TV and on the golf course. And yeah. How gracious in that Hall of Fame banquet and how polite and how nice to all the people who were looking at him like, wow, you're, you're kind of a big yeah, deal. Yeah, he and Fred Funk got inducted back-to-back yeah. years. And, and me as executive director, I got a, a chance to spend a lot of time with both of those guys in just tremendous so – you know, and particularly because of both of them, very appreciative of their time with PGA professionals. You know, Curtis's dad, but Fred right. being a PGA professional and all his peers, really cool experience. And again, it's the great game of golf that has afforded us all of these special memories. And uh, another one for me, who a man I do have a relationship with currently, his name is Bruce Crampton. Oh, yeah. And for you golfers out there, Bruce lives in Annapolis. He's been on this show before. But a guy who finished second to Jack Nicholas six times in major championships. Wow. <laughs> six. six. Times. If it only weren't for Jack. Yep. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh, all right. All right, here we go. Quick nine. You ready? Hole number one. What is the most useless golf accessory ever invented? The, wi- the iron w- covers. The wire iron brush. Covers. I, I, I've seen some people with iron covers. The wire brush is, no, the not, wire brush useless. is not useless. Yeah. It works. It yeah. gets schmutz out of your, your grooves. Now, it is a wire brush. What's so wrong with that? Well, it will scratch. Yes. Exactly. Oh, you exactly. know what else scratches? A golf ball. Dirt. Rocks. All right. Hitting it off a, a, a cart bridge. Well, I don't, yeah, <laughs> hitting it out of the they gravel new clubs every year it doesn't matter. We'll just, oh, I, I, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you guys all had your irons in pristine condition well, after all these. I don't. Years. I get a new set every year and never use them. Okay, so, it's, so they, they are stay pretty good. Is, so wait, you don't like the wire brush because uh, it's, it looks tacky. silly hanging off the golf bag. And okay. It does hit your pants and I, catch your you, pants. Did anybody watch the U.S. Amateur this year? The guy who won a lot of wire brushing. Was, every every shot, he went, it was part of his routine. Yeah. Well, he went for his wire brush, and he went to works, he went to the other thing did that win. I think is not good. Every time he hit a shot, he'd go to his bag and he'd push one of the beads over. <laughs> That's another. I can't believe yes. the beads. And nobody wants to say <laughs> yeah. uh, iron tubes. <laughs> tubes to put in your bag. That. I forgot. They sold them separately. So you right. used to have bins because they used to not make the yeah. formed tubes yep. in the golf in the bag. bag itself. Yeah, okay. people will be walking out with fourteen tubes. Do any of you guys have a USB charger embedded in your bag? That was a feature that started being included. I asked no, my boy no. one account. I go, "Do you still use that?" He's like, "Nah, not really." But you can actually charge. It sits right in your bag. Yep. Nowadays, but all the golf carts. you have to charge your bag correct. at some point, too, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, it's just, it's yeah like, I'll yeah. plug in my golf bag. And, it, and it's a fire <laughs> hazard. <laughs> it's like all yeah. the luggage. It's a fire hazard when they I do that. I think you go to a mall and park, and you can charge your golf bag in a parking space. All right, you guys are missing the most obviously useful, useless accessory. It is the tassel on old-school golf shoes. The flap that, was that would go over my, your laces. Flat. My mom used purpose? to have interchangeable ones so they could match yes. her outfit. Yes, it, yes. absolutely. Yep. Yep. Come on. Yep. It, uh, it always reminds me yep. of the first time I met Fred Funk. I won't tell a story, but I showed up at the driving range, and there was a guy hitting golf balls with no shirt on and tube socks, and I went to the guy, Mark Long, and said, I'm looking here for I'm for coach looking for Coach Funk. I'm here for my recruiting trip. Yeah. He says, that's him over there. I walk up to him, and he's got tasseled golf shoes on. Yeah. No shirt. No shirt and tube socks. Good look. Yeah. It's just Good luck. Welcome to Six, Maryland, son. $60 million. $60 million career. Yeah. Hole number two. Is it ever acceptable to let your guest pay for his or her green fee at your private club? I believe it shouldn't even be an option. 
I believe what do you mean? A, I believe at a private club there should be no paying. It should go on your account automatically. That you shouldn't be able to pay. You can pay cash in the parking lot if you want. What if your guest is insistent? I want to pay you for then this. Then that's the answer. I'm sorry, but we don't even have it. You can, we don't have the skew. We don't have the ability yeah. to charge you. What if the guest is like, here, here's 100 I well, want to make sure. Go ahead and take it if oh, you Oh, that's want. the etiquette to take it? Well, no, I say no. Okay. But if he wants to shove it in your trunk and – or – no, if, yeah. if, if, what if you, what if you want in your pocket? Isn't proper etiquette letting your guest have the win, even if the guest is insistent on giving? Like you have to refuse three times, right, John? Gore? Yeah, yeah. And and, I mean, th- there's no absolutes yeah. here, right? I mean, what are, what are we talking about? We're talking at Augusta National. We're we talking at you know uh, some country country club. I mean, I, I don't think there's one answer that works here. Certainly, you should insist on no. I'm playing. But it, like you said, if he's going to offer three times, or he's going to slip a hundred in your shoes when he puts puts them in the in the in the trunk, there's nothing you're going to do about that. Right. The way that's absolute. Uh, I have received payment one time for a round, a guest round at my. And it was just a one, you know, my best friend. Yeah. So it was like this third time he had played that month. So and you're like, here, that couldn't have been Adams. No, it wasn't. Of it was another not. friend. <laughs> yeah, Adams, who, by his, the way, is his, my member guest partner nice. next week. His and I understand on that side of it too, saying, "Boy, this is really nice of him to invite me out here. I'd like to pay for it." Yeah. I get that, but. It's some just people's, one of those things. Some people's arms, they reach just above the belt line. That's right. it. Mm-hmm. Like, you just can't reach down there. Yeah. Okay. Hole number three. Uh, you have to assemble a Ryder Cup type team using only one sport of ex athletes. Which sport would you choose? NHL players, MLB players, NBA players, or NFL players? Definitely. Let's, go, let's go backwards, actually. What would you not first? What's the one sport you wouldn't we'll rank first? them then. Well, so are we cup. allowing kickers? Are they a yes. part of uh, so, uh, NBA would probably be last uh, just because they're so tall. The NFL players, I would say they're too bulky, but we've got kickers and, and quarterbacks, quarterbacks. And quarterbacks right. to do right. that. I think we were, we're probably all thinking hockey and baseball because the swing is similar enough that those would probably be the, the favorites there, uh, who you would go so to who first. who you going with? I think I'd go with baseball players because I got enough pitchers that yeah. pitch every fifth day that play the John Smoltz's of the world that literally play four days a week. Um, that's that's who I'd go yeah. with. I don't know. You know, the NBA is sneaky good now with guys like Steph Curry. Yeah, Andre Iguodala is big. Of course, Jordan. You could then draft. Yeah, I just got to get twelve players. So right, that's right. I, I'm just going with twelve pitchers. Probably starting pitchers is is my target. Ronnie, who would you pick? Yeah, definitely MLB. MLB. MLB over NHL. Yes. I think NHL's better than MLB because I think the baseball swing doesn't translate as well as the hockey. I'm just thinking guys that I know that play in the Century, you know, tournament out at like uh, Rick, Rick Roden. Yeah. Smoltz, Rick Roden. What, about, Smoltz, yeah. what about Lemieux and others, hockey players? Here's the thing. Hockey players have summers off to play golf. Yeah. And baseball players don't. So they got to drag their clubs on the road. Of course, guys like, you know, Greg Maddox. He played every stop I, on the road. I think you've got a great busy. idea. We need a Ryder Cup between Major League Baseball players and yes. hockey players. It would be a great TV show, and it, it would be great golf. It would be incredible. Done. Yep. And have winner stay on the court. The so, new Potomac Cup. So every year, let's say it's MLB versus NBA, NBA wins, they stay, and the next group up is NHL. Yes. And it rotates. 
Okay, good. Let's make that happen. Uh, right. can, you, make, can somebody call Rune Arledge? Yeah. Is he alive? Yeah. Rune Arledge. All right, hole number four. Give me an underrated, underrated golf announcer on television. Somebody who is not, per se, one of the uh, the show ponies of the TV circuit. Well, I like David Duvall. Okay. Is, is he too high end? Is he too high profile? Kind of, but you can go ahead and make the case for Duvall. I like, I Duvall, like Duvall very much as well. I like Duvall. I'm Brett, okay. Duvall. Mine's Brett Quigley. He did the Fox uh, USGA events. He was awesome. Okay. Faxon, good, too. How about Shane Bacon? Shane's good. I okay. like his accent. Good player, too. All right. How about Phil Mickelson, since he's only done it once, and he <laughs> A was high tremendous. He's high profile. <laughs> okay. All right. If you can think of another underrated one, let me know. Hole number five. Who's your favorite grizzled old PGA tour player a guy that is just <laughs> my favorite always has been tommy armor the third oh yeah had drinks with him at the mad hatter in i'm DC. sure you did <laughs> i'm sure there were multiple <laughs> now drinks. one girl walked by without him in middle conversation turning and look at her and say look at that look at that unbelievable who's your favorite grizzled go old with, uh, tour player bart bryant Bart, Bart Bryant, oh, with the, uh, the Dirt Dirt. That is yeah. a good dirt one dog. right there. Dirt. How about yeah. Craig Stadler? There you go. Stadler, yeah. okay. He's got a son on the tour now, too, or, or kind of on the tour. Yeah. 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 Ronnie? Uh, well, I would I would say Stadler for guys that are really good, but I'm thinking more of the guy who's been out there forever, and it's simple. For me, it's Dickie Pride. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mini tour guy. He still pops up yep. every once in a while. Right. All right, hole number six. Would you play 18 holes at a really nice course you could otherwise not get on with a person who is ardently opposite you on the political spectrum and you knew that they would be in your cart all day? <laughs> You're hitting, right? In your cart all day, yap, yap, yapping about the state of the country, your no. side's politics, the whole schmear. You'd get the whole show, but you're going to be playing a course you would otherwise not get to play. You know what's great is this is how agnostic I am to politics. Because Ronnie just asked me, are we opposites? Because I thought you were you were nudging me on the shoulder because I thought you were saying. No, I'm like, Ronnie might be the guy in the group who just couldn't handle it. Oh, no, I wouldn't. I, I, have, I have no problem because that's my job. I have to stay in the middle as much as possible. You're, you're Switzerland. But I have. I don't switch. I have my no, I views. You're Switzerland. But yes, you're neutral. I have really. my views, but no one knows them. That's good. So I would have no problem just I, I would have no problem Whoa. feeding into their whole game the whole time. Oh yes, you're absolutely right. That's that's absolutely <laughs> right. Would, I agree one hundred percent with that. When I go home and tell my wife, Can you imagine what no, this you, person was saying? No, you do that until the last hole, right? When they uh, when they putt out and you go to shake hands or fist bump nowadays, just pull a hat right out of your bag. You pull a red hat yeah. with white lettering. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, the red hat with white lettering. As soon as they're two up, you pull that out and you just fix it atop your head. That's great. Yeah, I'm along the same lines as Ronus. I play it down the middle. Play it down I, the I middle. I can play with anybody and yeah. tolerate pretty much not anything. Not me. Right. No chance. All right. No, Ronnie does not. Here we go. Final three holes, and these are going to be designed by the panel. Whose hole would like to go next? John Gould. Uh, yeah. Hole uh, number seven. Hole number seven. Pretty easy. We got the uh, unusual Friday to Monday finish this weekend with the uh, with the tour championship. Who's your pick? And obviously, you know, they, they've started with a little staggered scoring. Uh, who's going to win? 
Do you have the uh, the 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 guys that are leading right now? Well, in case Dustin those Johnson's at ten. Rom's at eight. JT's at seven. And then uh, it's about I'm all going with, I'm at going, six. I'm going yeah. with Rom. Me and too. by the way, those putts last week ridiculous. Yes. Incredible. Yep. Incredible. We would have said DJ's putt was the best thing you'd ever seen until it got topped in the playoff. I mean, that was literally like double a breaker, but going it, down and that happened. That's happened twice now this year with the Morikawa yeah. yep. and the yeah. Justin yes. Thomas playoff. Correct. Something you see once every few years. You, We've seen it twice. When we say the the term, he snaked that one in. That was literally. It went in three different yeah. directions, just like a snake going down. And we give DJ so much flack for being a dumb guy, and, and I think he is. He spent a lot of time on that putt and got it exactly right. Obviously, so kudos yeah. to him. I, I, so my picks, pick, anyway, you, my pick is Rom. Okay, so we got two for Rom. I'm going DJ. All right, I'm it's going too hot. Justin Thomas. I'm a sucker for the son of a PGA yeah. pro. Can you right? explain how the points work? Oh, by the way, can you explain how it's all? I can't explain how the points work, but I know that they've they've have now made those equivalent to a starting point. So uh, Dustin Johnson starting at ten. This is the second year that Correct. they've done this, right? This is in order to have one champion. You know, not not right. as someone who wins the event, and now someone who's also the FedEx champion. So they start this way, and then at the first five, at you know, it's individual spots, and then they start grouping fives. You know, right. uh, like yeah. the the last five are all at at even, and the next five are at one under. Daniel or like that. Daniel Berger's at six right now. I don't know how many strokes behind he is starting. Four, four, four. That would be awesome if he won it because his swing is so ugly. Yeah. It's it's disgusting, and, and he and he and is he, such a little nerd, and yet he's out there just throwing haymakers with the right. big boys and, on tour. Like and he lost it not long ago. He yes, could not, he did. He, he was complete. He had the yips with the driver, but a really great story. <laughs> Colt Nost, they you know he and his boy um, Gravy and the Sleaze, they have a great show on the PGA Tour XM Network, and he said Colt Nost said the first time he was ever paired with Daniel Berger, they played a practice round together. And these guys said, "Wait till you see this Burger Kid. You got to see him." And he, they they didn't tell him what it was, <laughs> so they he walks up to him and he's on the range and he's got the raunchiest, most hardcore rap going, like Tupac times ten. Oh, really? wow. oh yeah, and he's just Burger? getting after it. Yeah, Daniel Burger. No and way. He said he's a killer. He's an absolute he is a killer. killer. Yeah. yeah, for a swing like that and a smallish guy who's not not really pedigreed per se. I kind of like that. I do too. All right, hole number eight, Ronis. Your designed hole. Yeah, eight. mine is what is the, you get paired up with someone on the first tee, or even even a relative or something like that. What's the worst kind of trait on the golf course that you just can't stand? Inattentiveness to what's going on, leaving the cart in the wrong place, not hitting when it's your turn. Inattentiveness will drive me bonkers. Not helping look for shots or lost balls. Yeah. Pathologically slow. That just that drives me crazy. Where they, yeah. it, so it's a little bit about inattentive because usually the same people, not only they, they don't know it's their turn, and then when they start, it takes forever for them to pull a trigger. Kills Ronnie. me. Mine is uncomplimentary people who they're, you play with some guys. You play with guys who sometimes it's almost like they're a, they're pissed off that you hit a really good shot, and <laughs> you know it's they they don't really? like the fact. Oh yeah, you can sense my, it, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. Those are my least favorite. There's wow. not a there's not a good shot, you know. And I go out of my way, as you guys know, to compliment. Yeah. Sometimes probably over the top, but it's genuine. Great shot, great putt. This and that, and guys who don't say thank you or yeah. this mm-hmm. and that. And occasionally you get those. But mine is the the guy who who just feels like it's no problem that he can just pull another ball out and hit a shot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. I'll just hit another one. You mean what? Auto Mulligan? 
Yeah, I don't. Johnny I, Otto Mulligan. What, what is, anytime, what's the end anywhere. Game here. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Right. The point no. of the game is hit it, no. chase it, find right. it, hit it, chase there it. There is no hitting it. another. Ball. Count them up, write them in the box, yeah. and go to the next hole. That's the game. Why do you even add them all up at the end pocket? and say I can do better next time if right. I just do this, this, and this? That's the right. game. The game. Or take is not a lesson from a PGA professional. Yeah. Immediately. Ding, ding, ding! I love that. an etiquette lesson. I love that. Ronnie's got his plug-in for an XM Serious product. Check. Yeah. Uh, Ghoul has his plug-in for PGA Professionals. Check. Ronas, you going to get a plug-in I, before I don't, it's all Ronas I'm Academy. Not good at Ronas plugs. Academy. Ding, ding, ding. I'm not good okay. at plugs. Hole number nine. Ron Thomas. All right, this may be kind of a boring one, but I'm going to ask. You saved it for last, which I appreciate. I don't think you did it on purpose. It's a good finishing hole. I am going to uh, moderate this one. Uh, apparel means everything to me when it comes to comfort and I sweat a lot, guys, and I've got a <laughs> gigantic head. We didn't head. notice. Yeah, I've we got a gigantic head, so... Uh, Apparel. What is your guys' favorite apparel? And not, you know, go shorts, shirts, hat, and shoes, and just boom, boom, boom. John Gould, what's your favorite? Well, I have to be a little agnostic because I've got sponsors of all these, but I do need to give a shout out to Adidas, who's our our uniform sponsor for our section staff. So, but genuinely very, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, very lightweight pants. I wear. Yeah, I don't wear shorts, so wearing pants all the time in the hot weather. You need lightweight pants, comfortable shirts. Uh, you know, and, and in great golf shoes. I mean, I do have FootJoy golf shoes as well. They're very good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, those And are you've my had standbys. polo in the past. We've had polo in the past, too. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, How do there's you a lot of good who, manufacturers. Is it, who gives you a better deal? Well, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, right now, Adidas has been, they have a right of first refusal every time, and they've okay. been great to us, so we're going to stay with them. John Ronis, you used to be a Puma um, guy, Puma Cobra guy. You're and now I will tell Callaway. You. What do you like? Um... Shirts. you got a Cutter and Buck shirt on right now. I'll tell you, that Puma stuff for my whole kind of eight years that I was with them was unbelievable. So um, this is Cutter and Buck. They've sponsored me the last couple of years, and it's outstanding stuff. Um, but uh, there's some stuff like Travis Matthew, which is really nice. And honestly, the, uh, the FootJoy line, the FootJoy line's very nice. Their shirts, to me... Not to bash them a little bit, are a little heavy. Heavy. They're heavy on just the heavy and weight big, side. And big cut. Big yes. cut. Right. The pants are gorgeous. Obviously, they're shoes and things. But, um, I, I, again, all the stuff is so good. It's really a price point decision for people. And that's one thing. Price points are there if you want to find them. Price points are there for your the quality stuff. John, you're wearing Nike golf shoes. What do you go to? Do you need spikes or do you like the uh, spike? I wear one? sneakers almost all. I actually wear sneakers playing golf and teaching just because of how long I'm on my feet. Okay. So I usually go buy sneakers. So and, why'd you wear these today? And uh, Just for the show? Are I'm you not, practicing? I, I will get into it off the air. As you can see, there are some There's some, some grass in the product. You were yeah. mowing your yard. That's right. That's what you were doing. Okay, that we now right. know. All right. Uh, I'm a, I'm how would you like to mow my lawn? I'm now an Under Armour guy, although I will say New Era Golf. New Era makes golf caps, kind yeah. of in their 3930 style flex fit that are really, really nice. Yeah. So I'd say probably a New Era Golf 3930 style. Yeah. And uh, and then Under Armour, generally speaking, pants shorts, and shirts. everything. Yeah, but if something's good, good I'll check it out. I like I like the more muted tones, the 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 the, the earth tones and the the blues and the grays and the whites, kind of Penn State ish, kind of Spethish. <laughs> yep, That's my yep. color palette yep. of, of choice. Well, I'm an Under Armour guy. At first, and I did it on this show. I was pretty hard on Under Armour about their their product, but I love Under Armour across the board and. Um, I've got a big head. Imperial for all you guys with big heads. <laughs> Imperial makes big head. hey Imperial makes an extra large cut hat. Talk to your pro shops. Uh, you can order them online. Perfect. I've got one on right now. And you have a sweatband on. 
I do have a sweatband yeah, on. You're like a, you're like LeBron with a sweatband on too. <laughs> so you know, because you're a big sweater. Oh, I am a big you're sweater. Very big I sweater. am. All right, boys. Coming up, final segment here on this Labor Day weekend edition of the Capital Golf Gang. We're live, plausibly live, at Creighton Farms Club out here, south of Leesburg, off of Route 15. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who have to come up with creative excuses to their wives for those grass stains on their pants. You are listening to the Capital Golf Gang. Four guys who only care about one trajectory on their irons, airborne. <laughs> Darn right about that. Final segment here. John Gould, John Ronis, Ron Thomas alongside Zabe here. We're talking golf. Thank you for uh, tuning in on this Sunday morning on the Team 980 and also uh, part of the uh, ZabeCast podcast network. I do post these up there. All right, boys, we got uh, one segment here to go. What do you want to talk about in this final segment today? Let's start with you, John Gould. You've got a section event you want to talk about. Yeah, we just finished uh, not too far from here, actually, Piedmont Club, which is just down the road on Route 15, our uh, senior uh, PGA Professional uh, Championship. And uh, old friend Dick Mast, who used to be on the tour, is now a life member with us. His son is a, is a member for, uh, of ours down in Lynchburg area. Uh, it was just a great battle. David Hutzel, who just turned 50, very good player. You've heard me talk about him before. Just turned 50. They both shot four under 68 the first day, uh, along with Tim Lewis. Uh, and then the second day was just a, just an unbelievable duel. Uh, Dick shot 66. Hutzel shot 67. Uh, Dick had a, a one-stroke lead coming to 18, uh, par 5, reachable. Uh, he hit it on the green in two. So Hutzel had to match him and kind of fanned a little right but then chipped it to two feet, so now he's got an automatic birdie, and, and Dick has to two-putt from 75 feet to, to win it. And, of course, being the pro he is, was able to do that. So just a really exciting championship. Uh, eight of our professionals will now advance to the uh, Senior PGA Professional Championship in Florida in November, and uh, just an exciting event and uh, not too far from here. So it was, it was fun to watch. Yep. Ronnie? Uh, so as I talked about, I've been working on my swing a little bit, and I'm fortunate to have a lot of golf professionals in my life, including this man sitting next to me. But uh, my golf coach at the University of Maryland, uh, Don Slobodnik, goes by the nickname of Swede, is an instructor out at Nighthawk in Crofton, a golf center. And my best friend in the world, Dan Zemring, uh, was also a teammate, uh, lives out in California. So I sent them some videos of my swings, and that uh, that was the catalyst for some of the greatest banter ever yeah. uh, in terms of recounting and recalling and retelling stories uh, about playing on the golf team at the University of Maryland. And I made a statement. I wrote to them that there's not a team in the history of college athletics that had more fun than the <laughs> University of Maryland golf and, team. And I'll say the same thing about University of Connecticut, you, got, you know, yeah. because so, that's our memory. So my point of the, saying this, and I'm not shy about saying is it in the University of Maryland golf team and all golf teams for the most part, certainly in the Big Ten, aren't going to be able to play golf this fall. And I just think it's absolutely devastating and ridiculous. All the the memories and the experiences and everything that they're missing out on. So Why did they away. not play golf? They're not playing golf. Steve. No reason. Yeah. No reason. Why is John Ronis's high school team? Why is his high school team? No reason. Playing? We're going to I mean, play in February 15th is day one. They just wanted everyone to suffer. They said, sure, you can go out and play golf know. and we could keep the scores. You know, <laughs> well, they didn't, they didn't make individual decisions by sport. It was, no. it was a group decision. <laughs> they you know, said, football they came out play, and said, group golf decision. and cross country can play. Now, oh, they did. 
Oh yeah, they did, and they. But they said it would be at the expense. That, yeah, it, it, there was no option of let them play and truncate the rest of the seasons. There was no option of that. Right. It was all grouped in and. Uh, the no, disgust on your face. It's, these it's, days. it's awful. I, it's it's awful. It makes crazy. me very that's angry. Why, and that's the yeah. Virginia High School Sports League, VHSL. I will go out of my way as much as possible to bash them because the options that they came up with, not to mention the options that the, the schools have come up with also. Yes. Did anyone put – there's partitions at every store I go to. Sorry. Every store I go to, there's a partition – and I'm away from the register, and there's 100,000 people in Walmart every day. Yeah. And they haven't put one partition in a school right now. Get it out. Save those teachers. I feel for them. Get it out. I understand. Out. But get, <laughs> get the kids back in school. It's incredibly important for these kids it's to everything. get back in school. It's everything. So that's what I wanted to talk it about. The memories least, and yeah. the wonderful, wonderful life-molding experiences that are, are being missed out. They're gone. Yeah. You can't zoom those. No, you cannot zoom. You can, huh? We couldn't play a simulator over Zoom. It's a I had a kid. He said he had four Zoom calls. He's taking a lesson. He goes, "I had two Zoom calls this morning. I'm taking a lesson. I got another Zoom call this afternoon, and then something tonight." I said, "What are you, a 50 year old executive?" <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. What, are, what about you, Ronus? What do you have for us? I'd like to say this weekend's a big weekend for the families coming over to my house. We have my niece Michelle and his and her uh, uh, great. To be husband on Sunday, Braden, they're getting married, so I just want to say congratulations because I know there's going to be a crew sitting around the computer or, or cell phones listening to this on Sunday. So congratulations to you guys. And I want to say we just fought through hell in August and that rain and that yep. hot and everything yep. else. And now September's here, and it is one of the best months to play golf. It's right before the leaves, and it's not too sickeningly unless hot. Unless there's a hurricane coming. That's okay. We can fight. We usually don't get that. So <laughs> don't don't I think we're out of the woods yet. <laughs> go out and not only just play golf. How about working on your game a little bit? How yeah. about working on your game? Ronnie and I were just looking at videos. It's a good, exciting time to work on it and then go into the winter and I've really been, get listen, it right. Listen, everybody, I've been playing golf for 40 years, and every day I'm working at it. I'm trying yeah. to fix it. Make it better. I'll tell you what, Ronnie. I'll make a pack with you. You, you're, you said you're going to come you know, see me this winter and everything. I'll tell you what. Why don't we do almost a half and half where I'm going to swing some and you're going to work on my game a little bit too. Whoa. Perfect. Perfect. Right. This, Perfect. Is, this right. is like trading places, uh, trading spaces on HGTV yes, where is. you yep. fix up the other neighbor's house. Yep. Steve, like how's that. your golf game? Uh, not playing enough, but I'm going to start this fall for sure, and I'm going to play this weekend on Monday, actually, because we have off on Monday, so that's good. So that'll be nice. And I actually bought my first training aid in years. Oh, you're back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's over. He's off the wagon. I used to buy every training aid under yeah. the sun, and they're uh -huh. sitting in my garage collecting spider webs and dead flies. <laughs> and I thought to myself, God, you really cared so much about the game back then. What happened? You know what I bought? What? I bought this putting stick, which is basically a yardstick with a little ball indentation. You practice putting it so it rolls on the stick. You told me that drill. Yeah. You said go yeah. buy, go buy. I don't have to go buy one with a with a trench in it. You just, I just say go buy a metal one at Home Depot. And just right. And I because if you can roll it off the end of that yardstick, you're making every three footer. Yeah. Well, guess what? Mine cost fifty nine ninety five. Oh yeah. Jesus. <laughs> 
Why don't we do something? Doesn't like matter. It? You like it. You know I, what? I, you know and what? That's I, why I, all the credit I, cards have now been confiscated. I, I bought it almost as an homage to whatever guy developed it and designed it because I know he's got a storage unit full of them that'll never right. sell. Right. And he's going to lose his ass. So you might as well get my sixty bucks. <laughs> so you're contributing to him. That's I am. It's very <laughs> nice. Yeah. Hey, it's right. like Fran Rhodes with his flight deck. Yeah. Except uh, the Fran Rhodes flight deck is taken off. It's blowing it up. It is. Here. And he's got the small. I bought the small tour version. It's great. The smaller version. We'll get so, Fran really? on the show. Good. Teaching pro at uh, Avenel. PGA Avenel professional. PGA yeah. professional. Check it out. Yeah. Flight, flightdeckputting.com. It's okay. great. It's helping me. Uh, Rory McIlroy gave birth to a baby daughter. Oh, his wife all. did. His yeah, wife, his wife did. Thank yeah. you. Sorry. He is the proud papa of a baby daughter. Poppy Montgomery McIlroy. <laughs> did you hear what he said? No. Oh, it was great. He said the hospital was great. You're in there, and they we have the baby, and then all of a sudden they say, all right, here's yeah. the baby, yeah. and he said no. it doesn't come with an instruction manual. No, it does yeah. not. Life is not. you got to learn. you got to talk to people. you got to sweat it out yourself. Do you think, like I do, that his lovely wife should have never given him a ride to that first tee, never woken him up, never called the state police at the Ryder Cup in 2012? <laughs> Seriously, that cost us the cup. We let him sleep in. That's a DQ. He beat Kutcher yep. that day. Yep. Mm-hmm. Showed up five minutes before he his really tee time. Did. Yeah. And she was working yes. for the PGA of America That's at the right. time. Yep. Traitor. Changed she, her life yeah. for the better, she probably. Not oh, be she worked out United great. States. Yeah. Cost us a cup, you know? Yeah, right. Have you looked at her? I'm just kidding. Right. I know she's her. worth it. Yeah. I would have missed the tee time. I would have missed the tee time over that. <laughs> well, congratulations there. 50-event super season on the PGA Tour next year. Six majors. Awesome. Buckle up, everybody. Awesome. All right, boys. Thanks for coming out. Thank you to Creighton Farms and Robert Bloomer, the PGA of America head professional out here at the club at Creighton Farms. Boys, go have a great Labor Day weekend. Play golf, everybody. Play golf. Enjoy it. And we will see everyone next week on the Capital Golf Gang. This has been the Capital Golf Gang on the Team 980. If you'd like the gang to visit your home course, send your inquiries to zabe at yahoo.com. That's C-Z-A-B-E at yahoo.com. Or visit the show page at www.theteam980.com. And for free swag, we're all in extra large. So, yeah, thanks for the shirts. 